where you get your soul fed. I'm Tiffany. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Kobe. And we have a very special guest. Guest? <laughs> <laughs> we have a very special guest with us, Miss Ashley Atkins. Yeah. Oh, so. Tell them about yourself, all okay. the things you got going on. She's fantastic. Super okay. um, So my name is Ashley Atkins, as I said. I'm really excited to be here. Like, I'm really, really, really excited to be here. I am an entrepreneur. I'm a full-time PhD student. I study um, African-American entrepreneurship. I'm also a college instructor, and I run Houston Black-Owned Businesses, H-O-U-B-L-K-B-U-S, on Instagram and Facebook. And... That's what I do. I think I touched on everything. Yes. So we about to get into it. All around amazing. Yeah. All, <laughs> things black. Black. All things black. All, All things black. All things black. We had an opportunity to meet Ashley mm -hmm. at the Unity in Color photo shoot. Yes, that's that right, met you guys. Yes. Yes. yes, yes, yes. I just remember I was like, that's such a, that was a long time ago. It was like a year and a half, like a year ago, last summer. It was like, yeah, it was last, last summer. summer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I remember because it had fox locks in my head, so I was like, okay, <laughs> last summer. But <laughs> so we're gonna talk about everything black, like we said. Um, so we could really give you guys, you know, some expertise, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of us are entrepreneurs, a lot of us just need to know, you know, about black businesses, urban development and our history. So if y'all ready to get started? Yes. Like never before. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to get started. We got an expert in the building. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Yes, 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 yes. But with talking about businesses, we all own our own business. So, and a lot of y'all guys out there are owning y'all's businesses as millennials. We doing the dang thing. Like, my mom be like, dang, y'all really doing this thing. <laughs> like, yeah, mom, okay. I told you. Um, but um, Right. Because I think as just as millennials, we just can't see someone else telling us what to do. We just, like, mm -hmm. we want to be our own boss. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, but it's not for everyone, to be it's honest. You have to really, really grind. Like, mm -hmm. but, um. So let's just talk about small business development for millennials since we have our expert here. And we just want to ask you, we just started, like we started two years ago, but we just started, we didn't know what we were doing, we just did it. Mm -hmm. So what would you say is the best way to start a business these days? Okay, so <laughs> that's such a, um, a hard question to ask mm -hmm. because people feel, and that's one thing I learned in the MBA program, there's no formula. Mm. We have to mm. get out of outside of this like formulaic way of looking at business ownership because mm. I have a consulting company. You guys have like you know a podcast. Mm -hmm. Like what? Like how would you categorize Inspire Fire? A health company. So I can't. Service. It's different. You know, consulting mm -hmm. health or health versus a, um, a restaurant. It's, there's it's so different. The blueprints right. are different. Even mm -hmm. if you are, if, even if I find ten people who are in health. It could be you all African American women. Mm -hmm. You all are bringing different things to you all as a millennials. Like the mm -hmm. concept is different. So there are basics, right? There's basics like marketing. There's basics like finance. There's basics like um, when you're looking for funding. When you're looking when you should have a website. How your website should look and the certain content that should be on there. But as far as concept, there's no right way to go about doing mm -hmm. it. There are certain things that I personally believe that businesses um, should possess, and I think that's more of like. You should be transparent. You should be mm -hmm. ethical in the way that you do business. I think there's mm -hmm. a lot of people out there who want to have the perception of having like everything together. Like I have this business, and even though we started six months ago, we have it all together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like you don't be authentic because when you are a small business, people want to connect with you. Right. They want to see your journey. So even if right. watching you grow from the bottom up, just seeing that process and you being so transparent, you and you guys do this really well. Like you mm -hmm. guys being so vulnerable and showing people like 
hey, we're just out here winging it and we're going to figure <laughs> it out as we do it. Yes. People appreciate that and they're learning from you all. But I think it's just like the like you guys should look for the basics. Like if you guys are making money off of however you're making money off product, mm-hmm. services, whatever, what do you do with that money? If you want to find funding, who should you go to? Should you get a bank loan? Should you get an investor? Should you use your personal funds? And when mm-hmm. you're doing that, how do you make sure that the use of personal funds and the savings is done ethically, is done properly? Mm-hmm. When that. you're... Um, filing your taxes, how to do that, certifications, you know, every company, every industry has different certifications, so knowing mm-hmm. what where you fit as far as your how you categorize your company and the certifications that you need to be able to do your business the right way. Right. And so it's like, um, like if you're selling food in like a food truck, there's all these certifications that go along with that. Mm-hmm. And it's like sometimes we want to like cut corners and do things, but it's like cutting corners, it may work now. Right. But come, come around swiftly. Yes. <laughs> and take like the I'm wheels off that food holes. truck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so you be sitting on bricks. So it's like, yes. you know, I, t- I talk to people all the time, like there's no right way or like, you know, X, Y, Z, A, B, C that everybody should do. And I think that some people, get people like that it's like a kind of in my opinion like a scam a little bit when people are like oh come to this seminar and learn how to be an entrepreneur yeah I hate that. i'm sitting next to somebody who owns a hot dog company mm-hmm. and i'm selling hair care like mm-hmm. how are you gonna yeah. learn from how? how are you coaching me though <laughs> exactly so it's like even if you're teaching us the basics of marketing which is important so i learned about that when i was at um, texas women's learning about marketing and how things should look visually and how to make things like user friendly and all this stuff or like i said learning how to how you know do a budget or learning about business law like what is ethical what is legal what mm-hmm. you know all these things those are important but you can learn that if it's like you hiring someone or mm-hmm. you taking a course like HCC has a lot of entrepreneurship courses mm-hmm. U of H does as well they are really big on like business um, small business ownership courses where it's not even like you getting a degree it's just like a little program it mm-hmm. could be like a seven week program and those are perfect because it costs less than an MBA but it gives you all those essentials that you that you will need mm-hmm. in that short amount of time. Mm-hmm. But then even if whatever you don't receive, it's your job as a business owner to do your research. Yeah. This industry that I'm in, these are my certifications. How do I go about getting this? How much does it cost? Who do I need to go to? What connections do I need to make with certain people? And I think that that effort of putting all that effort in mm-hmm. makes people just like, I don't want to do it. I'd rather just go to the seminar and sit here for an hour and have mm-hmm. somebody tell me how to be an entrepreneur. Right. And they're getting $150 from you. Mm-hmm. For selling you something that you could have Googled online. Yes. Or they're trying to share, the, I think we talked about this before, them sharing their story. Okay, this is how I got here. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I'm glad that's how you got here, but how do I do that? Right. right. Are you going to sit down with me? And that's why I think consulting firms are popping up a lot more because consulting firms can really work with you one on one to teach, to show you how to run your business for yourself, for your mm-hmm. specific industry. And I tell people all the time, it's good to hire a consultant. Like I mentioned, me and my consult, um, my business owners, one is a finance, uh, financial advisor, one is a business owner, and he works with concepts and marketing and all that. And so we're able to offer our clients all these different pieces mm-hmm. to help them to build their concepts. And it's not no one-size-fits-all type of um, thing, but to like your point, it's like success, there's no one way to get to it. Right. But I do think that if you guys have just started off, you guys should go and figure out what the basics are. What is your concept? What makes you different? What makes you competitive? What's your audience to people all the time? Who are you targeting? Mm-hmm. Who else is targeting this exact same audience? Mm-hmm. What makes me want to pay attention to you versus somebody else? So you have to kind of ask yourself these questions. And there really are some some challenging questions because you want to say, well, we're different because we're, you know, we're all black and we have a podcast. Well, it's mm-hmm. like, 
So does so black girls and all. Exactly. <laughs> and so it's like you have to figure out like what makes your brand different. I think you guys have really set yourselves apart from mm-hmm. other people, but it takes honesty and it takes like constantly looking at yourself and your um, your business. Mm-hmm. And so. I mean, there's no one way to success. It's like, it's a whole process and it's, it's years. It's not like, it's a far reaching process. Like why would you think you get to it? It's five miles away. Yes. We've Absolutely. seen that. Yeah. We always talk about how like in the beginning we were like budgeting out like, hey, this how much we going to make, this how much we going to put in the company. We're like, okay, 10,000 here for you, 10,000 for me, 10,000. like, Two years later, <clears throat> look at the bank account. <laughs> but yeah. and, think, and that's what I said, that that honesty and that transparency of being able to say that, it's like that's what people want to connect with. Because mm-hmm. a lot of business owners out there are really sitting at their table like, I'm going to make $10,000 in six months. And it's like, mm, <laughs> how? No, how? Not, how are you going to do that? Yeah. <laughs> and even if you may be able to do it, how? Mm-hmm. Are you going to find the investors? Are you going out there and looking for grants? Because when I tell people, especially black um, entrepreneurs all the time, you might not want to get a bank loan, but there are a mm-hmm. lot of grant, grants out there for mm-hmm. women-owned businesses, for black-owned businesses. Mm-hmm. If you create a business plan, if your concept is really good, if you create a good pitch, you can mm-hmm. enter into these competitions and get money. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. a grant that's saying, here you go. You don't, no percentage of your business has to be owned by an investor. You don't have to own the bank, anything. Mm-hmm. This is a grant that you're given by a company for being black and for having a great product. So seek those type of grants out. Mm-hmm. They're out I love there. that. Thank you. That's no jotted down in my mind. Okay, because right. that's what we need. Mm-hmm. But but this is things that, that you don't learn in um in MBA program. Like yeah. I didn't learn that. I didn't. I didn't. They never. And that's part of the reason why I went and I wanted to go study race and entrepreneurship because two years, thousands of dollars in debt mm-hmm. from this MBA program, and they never mentioned race. Mm-hmm. Like you are telling me that I'm sitting mm-hmm. in this classroom and you're you don't think there's any difference between how a black business runs and how a Asian business or a white business, you're telling me that the, the levels of success are even across the board. No, they're not. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so race comes into play when we're looking at funding. Banks have a tendency, even if blacks are credit worthy, and there's many studies on this, even if blacks are credit, um, have good credit and are worthy, they're not given loans. Mm-hmm. Or blacks are so fearful about not getting loans, they don't even go apply to the bank. And so we're, we have to seek out different sources of funding, but they don't mention that in the MBA program. They just tell you, this is how you account. This is how you keep your funds together. This is how you budget. Mm-hmm. But when I do all my budget and when I've done all my finances right, and I go to the bank and they tell right. me that I don't qualify, then what do I do? Mm-hmm. And then if, if a white man goes and he gets the money, and not me, and we're both on the same level, then what do I do? Right. Mm-hmm. And so they they need to incorporate mm-hmm. that. And so that's why for my research, I push for looking at entrepreneurship, but including concepts like race and ethnicity into it because mm-hmm. it does impact it somebody's ability to be successful. That's mm-hmm. huge. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. One point. Yes, one point that you brought up that I found that was extremely important and so amazing is how you stated to be authentic. Mm-hmm. And with because it's so mm-hmm. many times you hear people trying to start a business and they're not doing ethical things oh. and they think it's a doggy dog world. We got to scam these people into giving us more money so that we can make this. Let's lie about that. And it's just like, guys, that's not a sustainable business. Like, yeah, you may make a million dollars in six months doing that but then later on the tables always turn karma comes back around and it just as easily as you receive that money it can be taken away yesterday like Mm -hmm. so we definitely have to be mindful because i hear people all the time just trying to 
get me into doing these business businesses and what I've what I found to the more we go into business along our two-year journey is building those relationships mm-hmm. that's really what what business is about and so when I hear people trying to feed me and pitch me business ideas it's like but you don't even know me. Mm-hmm. You want me to like put my time into you. You don't care about my my dog name, my kid, my like all these like personal things. And it's just like I don't have a dog for the record. But <laughs> just like and it's just like you. This is why I feel like it's so easy to do business with these with you ladies because yeah. I've been knowing y'all since before I was fifteen. I've been knowing y'all earlier as young as that, younger than that. In fact, so it's like I can trust y'all. So building that trust that genuine authentic trust so that you don't have to question if this build this business relationship will grow flawed and so but see i think that and that's something that i've come across so like i worked um do consulting work for for the black chamber for years so like probably i would say anywhere between seven and ten years i've done consulting work for them and during that time i spent a lot of time People, oh, you know, you're so quiet, but it's like I'm more, I'm observing people. I'm mm-hmm. really big on if this is my life, I'm going to call myself a researcher for African American businesses. I have to observe you, and so I'm mm-hmm. a qualitative researcher, which means quantitative is like statistics, you know, numbers, like oh, this percentage of Black businesses X Y Z. I'm more about the why. Mm-hmm. So like, Quality. if mm-hmm. you, this many businesses are failing, I want to know why. Right. I want I want to talk to these business owners and hear their stories, mm-hmm. and so I spend a lot of time observing people because I I want to understand the why. Like if your business is failing, why? Mm-hmm. And it's to your point. It's like a lot of times people will not talk to you or will not associate with you unless they can gain something. And so it's like if you are a business owner and you're only interacting with people to get something from them, mm-hmm. it it will fail every time. People, maybe not all people, but I believe that people in general can sense authenticity. I know if you're talking to me to actually really get to know me, if you're talking to me to pitch me something, to get something from me, I can see it. So I will, I'll engage you and I'll have this conversation and do all this, like really smiley and I'll get your business card, but I'm not going to do anything because I know at the end of the day, you're not invested in me as a person. Right. And people, and I tell people all the time, like when you go somewhere, if you meet somebody at that moment, they may not benefit you at all. Right, but further down, further the line. down the line, like you never like I'm like come, mm-hmm. I met you guys one day a year <laughs> yeah. ago, and it was just like, hey y'all, having a good time. We're talking, mm-hmm. we're enjoying food at the restaurant afterwards, just having a great time. I wasn't thinking in my mind like, what can I get from these? Ladies? Yeah, you know? but then <laughs> it's like as I'm watching you all grow, as you're watching me grow, it's like, hey, let's link up, let's help each other mm-hmm. here. Yeah, but people don't see it. They see it. They don't see it as like I don't want to say it's like I'm waiting to get something from you in the long term, but it's like. I just want to get to know you and I want to enjoy this experience mm-hmm. for this experience, for this mm-hmm. moment. Right. If nothing comes from it, that's fine. If something mm-hmm. comes from it, that's even better. But most of the time, some businesses who aren't ethical, who aren't, um, you know, can't be vulnerable, can't be transparent, they just want something right then and there. And mm-hmm. I've seen it all the time. And it's like, you wonder and you want to make these negative comments about the black the black community not supporting you, okay? They don't support me, you know, like they just, they don't know. And it's like, no, it's it's you. Are you supporting them? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Are you? Are, it's you. And so I tell people all the time, like, mm-hmm. it's sometimes it's not the everybody else. Sometimes it's you as a business owner. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your practices aren't ethical. Sometimes you're not being transparent, and people can see that, right. and they have the tendency to want to blame the community or their employees or mm-hmm. whoever. And it's like you have to be honest with yourself. And I think that's also maybe what determines like a successful business from a one that's not mm-hmm. is the ability to be brutally honest with yourself mm. how am i messing up how could i be doing better mm. is do should i be doing this like you should always question mm, like does what i'm doing make sense 
Mm-hmm. How can I improve it? And then if you can't be honest with yourself, get some people who can. Mm-hmm. Ask the public, hey, you guys, don't ask your friends. <laughs> but get on Facebook and be like, hey, we're looking for some feedback. Here's an anonymous link to complete the survey mm-hmm. and let us know how we could do better. Mm-hmm. But it's scary because people will tell you mm-hmm. how to do better. Do you want to hear it? How badly do you want to be successful? Is it bad enough to where you'll let people drag you <laughs> in your business, in your hey, inbox? And deep. then take it. Take that advice and do better. Yeah. Not everybody wants to. You just y'all know, of my life. y'all know I get sensitive. I'm like, I want to cry because she's speaking for real. <laughs> but I've watched it happen. I've I've watched businesses. Um, one in particular, she um this business owner been around for a very long time, and I started working with her to help her. I'm like, okay, I see that you kind of need some help with a couple things. Like, I want to offer my services to mm-hmm. you, and it wasn't even at my regular rate. I knew that you know, you, I know you can't afford me and it's not mm-hmm. any like oh I'm so whatever mm-hmm. but it's just saying I know you can afford me, but I really want to help you but I have to get paid as well right mm-hmm. so okay. I went in to help her and it's like watching this it's like oh no you don't need my help you need help like, <laughs> you, need, you need God <laughs> you need help you don't need my help you need help <laughs> like why is there such a high turnover rate in your employees oh that's just them you know how they are no mm. no 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 and then just like spending time listening to her employees and what they would say when she's not around it's like oh Wait, like they, they are saying what I see. Mm-hmm. What I see as a flaw, they're they're saying it to me like, oh, you know, this and this and that. And so it's like I bring it to you like, hey, I think you should like do this or do that. But people, and I get it, entrepreneurs, like they see their company as, as their baby. But it's like, mm-hmm. I'm telling you as the expert, the doctor is saying your baby's sick. Mm-hmm. You need to do the X, Y, and Z to make it better. And you're like, no, but this is my baby. And then God forbid your baby gets worse. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to help you to improve the situation. Wow. But... They don't see it like that. I love that analogy. I really like that. Um, because, that. and it, it, that's what it really all boils down to is how willing are we to suppress that ego, mm-hmm. hear things that we don't necessarily, because it's, it's a hard pill to swallow to think that you've been wrong. And especially if you were completely oblivious to the fact that you were ever wrong, you think you're doing your best job, mm-hmm. you're living your best life. Or you've been doing the same thing for like 10 years. <laughs> right. You, know, you get into that yeah. habit, that routine. It's like it becomes embedded and conditioned in you. So for you to first identify you have a problem, that's like just rip the bandaid off and say, bam, it's there. <laughs> For you to first just identify something like that and just, that's a tough pill to swallow, especially for those of us that are really prideful and really like gung-ho, like my way or the highway, or mm-hmm. I know I'm doing a right job, a good job. And just because you're doing a, like, and someone just said, just because you're working hard at it and, and you feeling tired and drained doesn't necessarily mean you're doing it right. and doesn't mean you're doing it correct. You could just be overworking yourself. And I was just like, working harder, not smarter, working harder, not smarter. And so, yeah, that that's for any successful person in life. And that's, I think that's something that we should, that's just a, a core value that we should all just pick up because if you get complacent and you get in, in your, set in your ways and you then stifle your growth. Mm-hmm. And so they say, when you stop growing, you start dying. So That's our motto. <laughs> that's our motto. Like, don't stop growing because then you're going to start dying or just backtracking or staying stagnant. So yes. that's beautiful that you brought that up. There's so many points I want to point out. I want to go back to authenticity, you know, how we met. It's just like throughout this journey, I've never felt like no one supported us. I always felt like we we're getting overwhelming support. And I think that is because we're genuine and we have a why to where we want to help the community. And it's just been so easy to 
it's like attracting people who are who want to work with you and we want to work with them it's just been so mm-hmm. organic lately even with you Ashley mm-hmm. she reached out to us and we we're like I was telling we, her like we, we want to reach out to you <laughs> so, so we're like we're just thinking about you so it's just like that authenticity is real mm-hmm. and I think um one of the things like you know entrepreneurship or running a business starting a business most businesses fail mm-hmm. I think there's a statistic, you probably know it. Um, but I think what keeps businesses going is knowing your why and having like, like you said, it was like being um, ethical in what you do. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't know, I know with us, and I even know with you, um, just like knowing that we want to help the community, want mm-hmm. to help them be healthy. We know that our voice is needed in the community and that helps mm-hmm. us keep going because a lot of people would just stop if there's no passion there. Right, right. And I think a lot of people have to ask themselves, like, is there a passion there? It's yeah. like, am I just doing this for money or am I doing this to help people? Right. And I think that really drives a lot of things. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen, there's a movie, um, The Founders. It was on Netflix about the guys who started McDonald's. I heard about it on another podcast. So one of my um my students like at AM, really, really great kid, he was like, You need to watch, you need to watch it. And like we talk about things um like it's a lot of concepts that tied into it. So I went ahead and I watched it, but it's to your point. Mm-hmm. The two brothers started McDonald's as passion. They started one mm-hmm. McDonald's, they were right. passionate about it. One guy really just liked people, the other one he liked processes mm-hmm. and making every process quicker and better. And he was passionate about that. Very structured, very um, efficient. Everything had to be done. Quick, mm. Like however long it takes to make a burger. Like he's a person that got that whole McDonald's concept down of like you're on fries, you're on burgers, you're on the window. Mm. And so they were passionate about it. And so the point that I'm making is like I think when you are an entrepreneur, when you're small business, mm-hmm. there has to be the heart to the business. Mm-hmm. If you're a corporation, you're, it's millions of people and there's there's like essentially like a heart to how it was founded like um a target or whatever. There you know how it was how it started off or whatever. I'm sure there was a heart to that, mm-hmm. but it's grown beyond that. Yes. Right. But now it's like when I'm calling to complain about Inspire Fire, I'm mm-hmm. talking to one of y'all. I'm right. not talking to a customer service department. Right. And so I have to know that whatever my issue is, you care about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have to know that if I go into your store good day bad day, not store, but if I go to work with you good mm-hmm. day bad day, you want me there you appreciate mm-hmm. my presence there right and it's like people connect to that and people relate to that and i think that a lot of like i mentioned before a lot of times people take for granted how people can see it people can see do you really want to be here are you doing this for money do oh, you really yes. appreciate me people can see that your customers mm-hmm. can see that absolutely yeah. even through the things that you post online even through you know you know short little conversation and networking social people can see mm-hmm. if you're passionate about it or not and I think that a lot of um, entrepreneurs focus on like the major things, which is true. Like it's important to focus on funding. It's very, very important to focus on funding. I could talk about that forever. It's important to focus on marketing. It's important to po- focus on business plans and concepts. All that is important. But after you get the funding, after you have the marketing, after you got that business plan down, when stuff is hard as hell and you're mm-hmm. tired and you're exhausted, Real. <laughs> do you still want to do it? Right. It, it, where is the heart still there? because it's just you like you mentioned before mm-hmm. like you're forced to wear like all the hats mm-hmm. you're forced to be customer service you're forced to be <laughs> everything the owner the therapist the finance mm-hmm. finance you're forced the to be everything the janitor <laughs> do you still want to do it and so that to me is like where there is no heart it's destined to fail mm-hmm. because like the heart like you know i tell people all the time if you're an entrepreneur you are your business the heart keeps the business, the person alive, the heart mm. keeps the business going. Yes. So if there's no heart, eventually the business will die. Mm. And I think that it's like we look at entrepreneurship 
from like this sense of like um, very structured. It is like risk management and all these things that I could talk about all the time. But when it comes to, in my opinion, black businesses especially, there has to be like a certain richness and like um, like vulnerability, authenticity, heart to it. Mm -hmm. because then people want to connect and it's kind of like what makes us connect to I don't know, like the breakfast club yes. great food good oh, people great owners you know the actual the show. show okay well yeah I mean, it's like, I mean, I'm talking, yeah like that or like any like place that we think about in Houston all these like we think about these great restaurants and these great these great stores that are owned by black entrepreneurs like in my mind I immediately think about the, the owners. business mm -hmm. owner yeah, yeah like he's conduct. so nice like yes. my colleagues are not around anymore it closed down it was owned by a black um a black, black gentleman chef. yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so nice every time i would go there he would come out how you guys doing you having a good time it's like mm -hmm. that is what made me go back the food's great but like this is houston i can get food anywhere right. you know yes and so that's what made me go back and it wasn't even because it was black owned like i can get black owned food rest you know anywhere mm -hmm. but it was him yes and so that's what i tell people all the time it's like after we get the good food after we get the good business plan after we get the good funding or whatever mm -hmm. you mm. You, like that. that's what's important. That's yeah. so true. That's, that's so freaking true. I brag on my CEO all the time. Y'all know yeah, I do. She loves I work for a black-owned business. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. Miss <laughs> yeah. Darcy, she is the heart, and we just like um, we spotlighted her for International Women's Day, and we basically said like she makes every person who comes through the door feel like they're the most important person in the world. And we have prostitutes come through there we have drug acts who come through there regular people come through there employees who come through there and she makes everybody her first priority and she's the ceo people don't even know she's the ceo <laughs> she's over there getting them chips what you need some water baby you need this um you need some clothes and we're just there for hiv testing like what <laughs> and it's just like and i feel like in her heart so big it's just like a really good person to look at and be like oh this is what a true leader is like this wow. you don't have to care about anything else this is a true leader and i mean i think as entrepreneurship entrepreneurs or anybody in a career they should have someone that they look to say okay this is how it's supposed to be like right. this is how i should be as a boss you know you might not be a boss yet but could look and see other people like that's how I should be but even like I'm just like to touch on one more point but even mm -hmm. we think about people like oh I can't I want to meet um like they'll mention like Oprah or P. Diddy and it's mm -hmm. like if you have the time to sit down and talk to them they're not going to be talking to you about like okay this is how you make a financial report this is how you make a budget mm -hmm. they're going to be talking to you about passion yes. drive mm -hmm. motivation heart they're talking to you about the things that I think a lot of entrepreneurs take granted. Like, we want to mm. talk about these high level. And they are, like I said, really, really important. Funding right. is important. Marketing, all that is important. But if I was sitting down with Oprah, and I'm like, girl, how did you do it? Mm -hmm. She's not going to say, well, I had a 401k plan. And I had, you know, I made <laughs> right. that plan. I budgeted. She's not. No, it's going to be like my drive. Every interview that I've ever heard her do, mm -hmm. it's always about motivation, drive, her, you know, doing it for the community. It's always mm -hmm. about these concepts where it's like directly connected to her as a person or the community. And it's mm -hmm. not like, oh, I made this really good business plan. Let me show you how to make it. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Right. Wow. That's true. Mm -hmm. One thing. One thing I really love that you touched on when you said that um, how we when we interact with people, people feel your genuineness. They mm -hmm. feel they can sense your aura. Like your energy speaks way before we even say anything. So if someone comes into like sacrifice their time, use their gas, invest the time they could be spending with their family, their loved ones, or whomever to come to your establishments, come partner with you, come do business with you. 
you don't genuinely, and this goes back to Tiffany's, um, her uh, CEO that literally genuinely take the time and connect with the heart as Ashley mentioned. That, that heart, that passion, people can really, really feel that. And there's studies that prove that only, I think it may be 13% or less of our body language is, I mean, of our communication is through our words that we verbal, speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's through verbal words. The rest of it is that body language, that eye contact. Those eyes are the windows to the soul. Like, mm-hmm. seriously, how you greet the person. Are you turning away from them like you don't really want to greet them and want them to even be there? That's are you true. facing them, looking them in their eye? thanking them for their business, thanking them for coming and choosing you. Because like Ashley said, there's a million black-owned, not a million, but hundreds of black-owned food restaurants in Houston. Houston's big as hell, y'all. So we can go anywhere we want. Especially with this fresh hour traffic. If something right here by my house, I can just pick that up and that's convenient. But we are taking the time to come and choose you. They're choosing us. They're choosing our establishments. So let's respect and like literally be compassionate and remember why we're doing that. That's Mm -hmm. so important. So important. Like every single listener, y'all don't understand. I'd be so excited. I hear see one comment. I'm just like, you listen? <laughs> like Real. you listen to the podcast? It's hour long. Like a long time. For real. It, it, it really does go down to each and every person because you you really gotta be thankful. So if a hundred people listen to your podcast, five people listen to your podcast, five people are listening to your podcast for an hour. Like an hour. what? You're, they're listening to you and it's just you really have to pay attention because you could get caught up in like business if you have millions of people or thousands of people even a hundred people sometimes mm-hmm. people are just like oh they don't care but that's one person that's one mm-hmm. you like you're a whole human being mm-hmm. and y'all matter and I thank y'all yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, can, I completely you. agree. But I'll say, like, when people say, you know, no one cares about what you're doing more than you. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, if this, if your company grows to where it's like 500 people working for you all, mm-hmm. no one of them is going to care about this more than you guys care about yeah. it. So it's That's like, true. you have to, like, love it because it's like, if you don't yeah. love it, your employees are not going to love it. Right. Because mm-hmm. they already automatically are going to love it less than you just off of, like, oh, rip, yeah. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you, they can tell that, okay, she don't really care, why should I care? Yeah, and so that's where you have like these whole entire companies, Walmart. Yes. <laughs> like Walmart, like Walmart, D- the DPS, um, like yeah. you know, yeah, the DMV, like all these places where you know you're going to go. People they really don't care about mm-hmm. you. Yeah. They don't. And that's it's like, real. it's like your job as an entrepreneur, like you have to care about it. You have to love, like you said, one, if I get a follower on Houston Black on Business, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I, and I took about the time and I write like these quotes or not quotes but I give like little advice and it's all one thing that I always say is like say thank you mm-hmm. say thank you to your followers say thank you to the people that give you the negative review in your DM and be like mm-hmm. hey I don't like when you say thank you because mm-hmm. they they're listening if yeah. they listen to your show for an hour and they're like hey I don't really like this show when you mm-hmm. set it up thank you for listening that number one we're going to try to do better yes you know it's like do that and it's like you have to show appreciation because at the end of the day that one person that didn't like the whole show that listened for an hour, they didn't have to. Yeah. They gave you a whole hour of their life and sat and listened mm-hmm. to the thing. They might not, they may have hated it, mm-hmm. but they listened. Right. Yeah. And it's also like just talking about service based and even what you do, like you're helping businesses, black businesses, that's important. And we have like 
and we're helping the community through health and you know what we say our voices are so important and so it's just like you have to hold that responsibility it's just like okay i can't just bs this show because people are listening people are counting on us like if we have this workshop it has to be valuable like they have to leave with something because our name's on it it's our responsibility so it's just like you always have to like check yourself like wait are we doing this like are we just going through the motions or are we just really here to help people right but um so true. <laughs> I mean, one thing that i've learned i want to go back on something is that you know no one is going to cut for you like you know yeah. are going to you know cut for each other so with looking for resources and looking for help um what should we kind of look for if we are seeking out you know help like mm-hmm. we're desperate and we were like we want to you know take ourselves to the next level but we know that we can't do it by ourselves right you know what i mean I think, so for for me it's like it's like it's not a plug at all but i think yeah. that there are people out there consulting firms out there who that's where you should look for like mm-hmm. somebody who can who's flexible they're not consulting firms that just work on graphics mm-hmm. but it's like an all-encompassing consulting firm where you can sit down and you can be like okay here's our entire business plan yes mm-hmm. This is what we have. This is this is all of our you know our budget. This is all of our money. This is everything. Mm-hmm. Now let's now let us tell you where we want to go, mm-hmm. and it's their job to fill in the gap. Okay. Gotcha. And getting a consulting firm that can help you, whether it's like advancing your marketing, whether it's advancing your budgeting, whether it's advancing your concept, whether it's finding your target, whether it's connecting you with other people. Like I know for my consulting firm, we don't really do like graphic design, but mm-hmm. we have a network of people gotcha. that we know, and it's like I will put my name on these companies. Yes. I will put my name on these companies mm-hmm. when I'm referring them to you. So if I say use this company, it's because I know they do quality work. Mm-hmm. If they're reason they're not gonna like, you know, try to take all your money or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they really genuinely care about you. And so I think that it's best to find a consulting firm it, once you realize you've exhausted all your other options. Mm-hmm. So once you realize, okay, all the research that we tried to do on our own, it didn't really help us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think always first try to do it on your own. If you're looking for funding, you know, do your research. And you guys have a large enough network mm-hmm. where you can pull on certain people to help you, okay? I don't know about funding, but I know that this person just got a great gr- black business grant. Mm-hmm. Let me reach out to her. But you have to realize some people um, hoard resources. Mm-hmm. So it's like they don't want you to know. So it's like I got this grant, but it's like you know, we, we, it's like they they hoard yeah. them, they hoard all the yeah. like I got this grant or I got this place or I got this whatever, and they don't like to tell people or share the information. Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. a shout out to um, Kamisha McNeil, she owns the Best Life brand. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. She's one person that I will say, no matter what resource she gets, she will tell you. Wow. That's beautiful. She will tell you like she, she had an event at this office space, and it was like a like a. It was just a beautiful office space, so like all these little offices, and I'm like, oh my god, like, mm-hmm. how'd you find this? Oh, let me here. This here's how I found it. Well, I how, I, you know, I don't mean to be like too intrusive, but how much does it cost per month? Mm-hmm. Oh, girl, this is how much it costs when you go talk to them, ask them for this yes. discount, and mm-hmm. it's like the concept of like we can all get to the top. Exactly. You're not my kind. She knows me. We're not competition. She's mm-hmm. doing events and finance, uh, literacy. I'm doing consulting and black entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even if I wasn't the same lane as her, I know she wouldn't try to try block to you. You know. Yeah. And so it's like looking at your network of people that you know and then figuring out, okay, who will tell me, who will share their resources mm-hmm. with me and try to help me grow? Use those resources. If that doesn't work, do work on your own. Google mm-hmm. is beautiful. It's free. Mm-hmm. You know, black business grants in Houston, mm-hmm. um, you know, marketing classes at, you know, U of H free marketing classes, free marketing programs. Look up the stuff on your own. And then if you exhaust your options, then I would say hire a consulting firm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love that. What's the name of your consulting firm? So it's Addicts England Consulting. 
Okay. Yes. We got to put that somewhere. Yes. Because. Absolutely. Y'all see this passion. <laughs> yes. She ain't going to put her name on just anything. I will not. Like you mentioned, like this, this is all I have is my name. So it's like if I'm throwing my name on every single like company and I'm attaching it to and these people are doing bad work. Mm-hmm. They're looking back at me. Well, you told me to go to them and they took my mess money. Me and they, they messed me up. <laughs> and it's like, no, I won't. Mm-mm. Oh, I won't. yes. Yes, you have to be Thank very you. careful about that. Yeah. Yes. Even the people who come on our show, I'm always like, okay, so do they vibe with us? We're like, <laughs> we're just really. Right. What, is their what is our audience yeah. going to take from them? Yes. Right. I'm like, and then like, the, like you talk about that linking up with people, having people come on your show, mm-hmm. even for you some black owned business, people are like, oh, you know, I want to do this event with you, or I want to mm-hmm. do. Sorry, I have no problem being like, you know, actually, no, thank you. I feel like we're doing this. It's a little different. Mm -hmm. I can't be connected to everyone. Mm -hmm. That's how you bring yourself down because the weight becomes so heavy. It's like, I'm trying to get to the top. And yo, you seem like you've dead weight a little bit. And (laughs) I don't want you to slow me down. (laughs) Right, right. So I have to let this one go. This opportunity passes. Sometimes I feel like I I miss opportunities that way because Mm -hmm. I'm. I'm so prone to like being so protective of myself and you know who I'm connected to that I say Mm -hmm. no. But God, I never said no to nothing that God's like, mm-hmm. this, you miss an opportunity. If it's for right. me, it's for me. Right. Yes. They can't not find you if it's yeah. not for you. <laughs> 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 yes, I love that. Okay, before, I don't, before we get to the next subject, I want to ask you, like, what do people focus on in businesses that they probably should be focusing on something else? Like, they're focusing on social media so much that they lose focus somewhere else. Am I asking um, that right, Kobe? Sometimes you know you focus on the money, maybe, or you're so focused on location. Like I want to be here. I would say lose sight of other things. So location. So I um, completed some research recently. Location really isn't a big thing for people in Houston. It's not like Mm -hmm. where they located because we are. My uh, participants were mostly um, virtual. They mostly have virtual offices. Mm-hmm. So it's like they could be anywhere, anytime, any place. Like mm-hmm. they have their laptop and their phone. And it's because they're offering maybe services or even if they offer products, they don't have to have an actual office. They can just have a website with all of them listed and mail them wherever they need to go. Mm-hmm. So location was not really a big issue. And then also because Houston is so diverse, location also is an issue. Mm-hmm. Because I could be in downtown and that's we're getting everybody. I could be in Pearland, I'm getting maybe mostly a little bit more white, but Mm -hmm. I'm getting still diverse, struggling the same thing. So location was never an issue. I think that people, well, I'll I'll speak for millennials. Okay, so I'll speak for millennials and then people who aren't millennials. Okay. People who aren't millennials don't focus on social media enough. Mm. They take it for granted. They don't realize how important it is for their business. Mm -hmm. And then people who are millennials spend so much time focusing on social media and they don't actually have a website. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so strange. Why don't you have a website? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. they don't have, actually, I take that back. They don't have really good processes. Like they don't have um, really uh, efficient processes. So it's like mm-hmm. if you have a product and you have somebody that wants to buy the product, what is the process that they have to go through? Do they have mm-hmm. like send you a DM on Facebook for them? Do you call them to then send them pictures or like, then you mm-hmm. take four days to call them back. Then mm-hmm. you take a week to get them the product. It's mm-hmm. like, I see it and, it and it really interferes with me wanting to use certain businesses because the processes are so just not user friendly, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. not simple processes. So right. like an example is I wanted to get a product from this guy. He had a website, went to the website and I'm looking and I'm like, I can't, it's only one product. Like you can't, or he had like, hundreds of varieties of this product but you couldn't 
select any <laughs> option. It was just one picture. And I'm like, where are all these other options? Is there like a drop down menu to select the one I want? And it was nothing. So he was like, you have to, he had the picture and then you had to call him and tell him which one you wanted. And he'd tell you if it, it was in stock. And then, like he, we and then he'd meet like, you somewhere to give yeah. it to you and you could pay in like face to face. It sounds dangerous. <laughs> it sounds dangerous as a woman, number one. Yes. Number two, it's like, what's the point of the website? Right. PayPal. Get you a PayPal shipping. link on there. <laughs> they make it easy. Do some shipping. You know, right. like get you some pics, some simple pictures on your iPhone. Mm -hmm. Post them up there. If it's out of stock, put out of stock over mm -hmm. it. You can make this process so easy, but you're making it so simple. So I made, I was like looking, I was like, I have to call him and wait. No, I'm about to go find somebody else on Instagram right. yeah. that makes the exact same thing. whose process is easier. And I don't think that Arjun, we don't really focus on like, what is your process? Mm -hmm. And gotcha. not, you might think it's simple. People always think, I think this is simple. I would do it. It wouldn't bother me because right. you love your company. Of course right. you would do it. <laughs> but go ask the public, like test this process out for me. Ask your homeboys, your homegirls, test this process out. Tell me what you think about it. If they're giving you too much positive advice, go to some strangers. Hey, you guys, if you test our process out, we'll give you 10% off of your first order or whatever. Right. And give us your feedback. Mm. People don't, like, utilize the community. People love to, like, give feedback. You know, people love to give feedback and tell you what they say. I love telling their opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I love telling so, my opinion. But I think our generation doesn't focus on making things user-friendly, processes. They do put a lot of attention on social media, and they think that, they could run their business off of Instagram, but it's like if tomorrow Instagram, God forbid, is gone, where's your business? <laughs> where's your business? Why don't you have a website? Right. You can true. WordPress, Wix, all these mm -hmm. website companies that can give you like free or like really cheap, um, not cheap, but like inexpensive, inexpensive. websites that are easy to make. You could do that. And I don't know why people don't put in the effort, even if you don't want to do it yourself, you could hire someone. There's a lot of small, like, businesses that focus on website designs mm -hmm. that are owned by black entrepreneurs that would love to get your services seek those people out get them to make you a website it's time like why have you been in business for five years and you don't mm -hmm. have a website and you're that's running real. off of facebook and instagram that's good y'all call me to make your website exactly <laughs> yeah and then also i would tell people if you have an instagram page and you don't have a website maybe you just started it's like a pet peeve of mine <laughs> Uh -oh. If you're selling cookies on, and that's what you sell, and I go to your Instagram page, and it's pictures of your dog, your cousins, <laughs> your auntie, and I have to scroll through three rows of personal stuff to get to your product, separate. You need to separate yeah. the two. Separate the pages. That's you can real. have a personal Instagram and a professional Instagram. It's free. Please <laughs> do it. I, don't, I guess that irritates me. It's like... I don't go to Target's Instagram and see uh, Keisha from customer service. I'm done. <laughs> I don't see her. I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? Like I don't go to, you know, Forever 21's Instagram and see like Rebecca that works in the Copperfield store. Like I don't, I want to see what I want to see. Where right the then and there. Right, right. then and there. That's funny. Like, I only want to connect. Real. We want to connect with the owner. Yes, we do. Not in that way. Right, right. Got to separate your personal life from your business life. Draw yes. the line. I had to do that for my company. They used to always like shout people out for their birthdays, and I was like, "We're not doing that on social media." Like, I'm sorry, the I don't care. Don't care. About your they don't you know, work like, anniversary. Father's Day. I'm like, y'all, we ain't doing this no more. No, happy Father's Day them. to Bill. Nobody cares about Bill. Where is the product? <laughs> and it's harsh. Like I said, it's it's a hard pill to swallow, but. I just it really irritates me because it happens a lot when I'm like people are like oh I want you to highlight my business on Houston Black on Business mm -hmm. so I'm going 
and I'm looking for pictures of their products and I'm like, what? And I just stop after a certain point. I'm like, no, you don't. You don't want me to highlight you because if you did, you're not even ready. ready. You're not ready. Yeah. Like and I don't want to send people my name. I don't want to send people mm -hmm. to your page and they're looking for that product and they're like, girl, you send me to the homegirls page and she over here at the club twerking <laughs> in three rows of pictures. And then finally you get to the fact that she makes candles. Yes. Yeah, so. Mm -mm. Well, shout out to her because I see her be busy stuff. I was like, you need to be a black business. And she did it. You guys know. You guys were doing good. I didn't even know about it. I didn't know it was black owned. Yes. Oh, wow. Black owned. Great. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, Luna and I want to talk about black owned business, the historical perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, what can we learn from back in the day? We always talk about Black Wall Street and how that was a huge. Huge thing they have fire fire stations, lawyers, dentists, Doctors. grocery stores, movie theaters, and I mean this was during segregation, mm -hmm. but we had a black community that was thriving, and you know it seems after they uh, attacked it, blew it up, uh, terrorists attacked it. It's like it's been kind of hard for us to do that again mm -hmm. in this non-segregated so, time. <laughs> um, I hate like. It's like I want I want us to be like informed. I'm gonna start there. Okay. So there was more than one Black Wall Street. There's actually three. Yes. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times people have the tendency to speak of Black Wall Street as though it was like this one location. Right. Um, but there were multiple, um, like over thirty black communities, black mm -hmm. business communities, over thirty of them. In different states. In different states, yeah, exactly. Yes. Different states, different cities. Um and so the I feel like I'm like anti-black community when I say this, but it's, this is all facts. This is all okay. history. You can okay. read it in the books. So don't okay. think I'm, this is okay. not my opinion. Give it <laughs> So after slavery ends, so this is why when you hear about Little Mexico, Little Italy, mm -hmm. Little India. Chinatown, mm -hmm. all those things, right? It's called like immigrant inflow, which means you have people coming from out the U.S. into these communities. So they're coming into these communities because maybe they don't speak English. And right. they know that if I go in this community, I can find out where to get my hair cut, I can find out what school to put my kid and I can get a good house, I can get a good bank because everybody in this community speaks the same language as me. Even mm. when we drive to Chinatown in Houston, mm -hmm. the signs are in Chinese. Yes, yes. I can navigate the world better because it's like the bridge, like the middle between like my culture and then this new mm -hmm. culture that I'm a part of. Mm -hmm. And so you have a constant inflow, but then you have people in these communities where they will have kids and the kids will go off to college and you have the outflow, right? So you have mm -hmm. people leaving the communities all the time within Little Mexico, Chinatown, all these things. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that's what happens. You transition, you're, you know, you might, the parents might stay or the grandparents, but the kids may be transitioning to go to college or whatever. But even though there's outflow, there's always a constant inflow. Right. Because people are always coming. Mm -hmm. So that, the concept of, it's called ethnic enclave. The concept of an ethnic enclave works when you have the inflow, but you have the outflow. Slavery ends, and you have the inflow of people coming out of slavery to these communities. Mm -hmm. Everybody looks like them. I know you will, you will take me because I'm your black doctor. I know you're gonna, you know, help me. I know you um, let me come in your restaurant because you're a black restaurant owner. Mm -hmm. I can make sense of the world, and I know that I'll have to maybe deal with discrimination within this black community because it's a black community. Right. Um, and then we're doing well. We're doing mm -hmm. really good. We're doing really great. And like you said, it, the the riots or the tearing down of these communities started from, it usually started with um, rumors. So you would have like right. a white person would be, or a white man would be like, oh, I saw this black guy whistling at this black woman. I mean, at this mm -hmm. white woman. Mm -hmm. 
let's go get him. And so they would all rile up and they would go into these communities and they would burn them down. Mm -hmm. But it really stemmed from just jealousy. Like, I right. know you guys are doing really well economically in these communities. We didn't think you would. Right. We right. knew y'all would starve and just, you know, kill each other and violence mm -hmm. would occur. But you guys are actually doing really, really well and it makes us jealous. And so we're going to spread rumors. We're going to go and we're going to kill you guys. We're going to burn it down and then you flee. Mm -hmm. And so nowadays people think of the concept, okay, we need to have a black community. Mm -hmm. Who's flowing in? Where are these people? Where would we? Where would we be coming in from? Right. Right. Because we have like Nigerian communities already, and mm -hmm. they are able to make sense of their community because their culture. We have, you know, Somalian communities, especially in Houston, because they're That's able true. to make sense of their community. Mm -hmm. This idea of black, where are they flowing in from? And I, that's the question I tell yeah. people all the time, like, where are they coming from? Because if somebody's coming from, people think of Africa like it's like a little community. People are coming from Africa. No, It's all countries, these different cultures, folks, yeah. all these different traditions, and they do come to the U.S. Mm -hmm. And they have the communities that they go into. Mm -hmm. When we think about um, people who are maybe like Puerto Rican or um, Cuban or Dominican in like New York and all these different places, yeah. like they have these communities where they go to. Mm -hmm. Same thing with people who are, you know, Ghanaian or whatever, they have the communities where they go mm -hmm. into. And it's like, I I get this, I, we want to have a black community, but how would that ever actually occur? Mm -hmm. Because you're to be black, what we consider black is like anybody who has black That's skin, like racially, right? So mm -hmm. phenotypical. Um, but what about, what about language barriers? What mm -hmm. about somebody who is Afro-Latino? who's black, mm -hmm. but they don't speak the same language as us. Mm -hmm. So are they, should they come to this black community as well and not be able to navigate because they don't understand English? Mm -hmm. Or somebody mm -hmm. who comes from Africa speaking a language, but they don't speak English. So how can they navigate? Mm -hmm. And so people always say, oh, the hood, you know, the hood, um, not the hood, but like third ward used to be like a really thriving black community. Mm -hmm. And it was, and then people started leaving. Going right. to college, moving out, getting good jobs, mm -hmm. moving to the suburbs, Myerland, Pearland, Sugarland, but nobody was flowing in. Mm -hmm. And so then you have people coming and buying up this property, and it's like the concept of the black community won't work the way that it used to because we want to just like, that was the blueprint, let's just use the blueprint. Mm -hmm. Like, no, let's develop it. And I see a couple, mm -hmm. I see some people doing it, like restructuring it and rethinking it. Instead of us going back, let's go back and buy the property. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Let's go back and open up a business there. Mm -hmm. right. So it's not m more so moving back and everybody getting back into this black community, but it's saying the community is black owned. I love it. Mm, and I so like that's that. what I want people to focus on. Not a black community, like not doesn't have to be all black people living here. Right. Even if it's Hispanic, Latino, white people living here, we know this building is owned by a black person. And they get exactly. the money. Exactly. Even if it's all <laughs> diverse restaurant, we know this restaurant is owned by a black person. Yeah. So I'm going to focus on a black owned community. I'm going to focus on many black owned communities around mm -hmm. the U.S. versus mm -hmm. like us living all in the same community. area. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, that's why I like Green Seed so much. When I go in there, I see white people, Hispanics. So I'm just like, yes, get that money. <laughs> get that money. Yes. yes. Money's green. We ain't, I don't discriminate. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how you said let's be black owned because if you think about all of the um the Asian restaurants, the nail shops, they're in the hood, they're infiltrated in the hood, but they don't they themselves, they don't probably go home and sleep right there on mm -hmm. in the that same hood they that don't. they're exploiting. Yeah. So gas station owners. Gas station owners, all of that. That's so. what kills me. It just that's what really bothers me. I don't mm -hmm. care if you live there or not. I just want it to be black home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A real quick point, and I just want to say, I think once we start owning later on as 
the generation take a turn, that whole community will eventually come. But first we need to start by owning it mm-hmm. so that we could bring and make laws and have the economics behind the the um the the, the law system that's not necessarily the law, the um the government, the the local why can't I think of the mayor the whole judicial judicial ah, judicial Yeah, why can't I say that word? Judicial system around. So first own it, then you can make moves to as to what actually will happen and not happen in that community yeah it's like yeah. like because you have the power if you own all this property or you own this, these whole entire blocks or mm-hmm. all these places like you have a certain say so i know what you mean like on a local on a local level uh-huh. as far as like laws and like you know policies mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. um but then it's like this at the same time we talk about when we, i was coming in like everybody doesn't have to be an entrepreneur so it's mm-hmm. like I, you don't all have to own these things but like some people working in law some people working in finance some people working in politics and so mm-hmm. we have like all these black people working in these different areas and so when it's time to come together, come together right. and there we have we representation yeah, yeah in every mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. yeah that's, that's so true good perspective me and my friend we were walking down Almeda we were just looking going to all the black places on Almeda and we went to this was place by Green Seed they weren't open it used to be a black owned dentist office that shut down and now they reopened to like a thrift shop or something like that mm-hmm. and we just talked to that guy we were talking to the guy who owned it I forgot his name though no, and um, we were talking to him, and, and the guy I was with was like, "I just wish people would care more, so we could keep this, you know, black owned." And he was like, "Well, you have to remember, like, that's not everybody's fight. Like, yeah. that's your passion. Like, so you have to do what your passion is, and so you, those people might have to work for you. It's like." There's only like usually a handful of leaders, but everybody else has to be an employee. Mm -hmm. So it's just like we get mad at people for not doing what we think that we want think should happen instead of just doing it Mm -hmm. and letting them play their role. Right, right. That's true. But let's see what (laughs) so I just want to end this with like what do you feel the black owned business state is right now? Do you think we're going at a good rate Mm -hmm. or you know, how do you feel like we are as black businesses in the community? I think we're doing good. Um, like you, there's a rise and it's always like usually a rise after a social movement. So like the black, the buy black movement started with the um, Negro, what is it called? Negro um, Business League. I can't think of it. Um, I think it's like Negro Business League hmm. back in 1900. So the buy black movement started then, but it was like... Um, it would fluctuate. Mm-hmm. So during times where there's like chaos in the community, like oh, you know, somebody killed, uh, lynched a black person, like like we need to, you know, move our money, like like they like in this book I read, he was saying like the Jewish did, like mm-hmm. the Chinese do, and so it's the same way that happened now. So when we saw the um, the rise of like Obama, like his whole campaign, right, it mm-hmm. brings up like this um, solidarity, ethnic solidarity. It's like I'm happy to be black, mm-hmm. I'm excited, and so we, you know, we become excited in our black identity in our mm-hmm. african-american whatever you want to call it and then when we see the trayvon martin situations occur there was a correlation in the hashtags and that's what I say social media is really important the hashtag like trayvon martin black lives matter and then also by black it was like whenever you would yeah. see somebody hashtag trayvon martin you would see them hashtag by black, black. Mm-hmm. that's true and so it's like not only do black lives matter but we're going to show you by you know Pretty bringing our money cool. together mm-hmm. and pulling in so i think that right now we're the the black business community or the buy black movement, it's doing excellent, but I think it's only riding on the waves of Black Lives Matter. 
Oh, like mm. traumatic cases. You know, like I like, but I think even the whole Trump situation is keeping it going because our dislike and hatred for him is keeping us together. It's mm. keeping us, yeah. you know, like we need to come together as a family. We need to support each other because we don't know what he's going to do, mm-hmm. you know, to the black community. So we need to support each other. But I just hope that even after we don't see in the news, because it, it'll always be happening, but we, after we don't see, you know, police killing black people, once mm-hmm. we stop seeing that on the news, once Trump is no longer an issue, will we still be supporting black businesses? Mm-hmm. Right. Will we still feel the need to be, be, be black business owners? Will it still be there? Mm-hmm. And it only really came, like we only really started seeing that hashtag or like even like the reemergence of the black by black movement. We only started seeing that with Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. with Trayvon Martin. And it's sad that it took that for us to feel like, okay, we need to support our own because black business has been around forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think with that, that's an excellent, excellent point that you brought up. But I think we should and I'm, this is the goal, the ultimate goal for us to evolve into not necessarily saying by black it just become a way of life because mm-hmm. white people they don't necessarily have to say by white by white to one another they just know this is what we gonna do this is embedded we gonna look out for our kind and we are going to exercise that right and to put, spend our monies with those of us that look like us so I feel like I hope that we develop that psychology and pass on down to our next generations to where we don't even have to say buy black. Make sure you buy black. It just becomes one of those things that's embedded in us that we want to exercise. It's something that like, hey, I already know I'm supposed to do this and I want to do this. This makes me happy to do this. So Yeah, I remember my coworker, he was, I'm going to sound so bad. I'm going to say he's Chinese, sorry. But um, but we would go out to eat together sometimes on our lunch breaks and he would take me to like a Chinese restaurant in China. We're like, you got to go to Chinatown. You got to, I was like, okay, I'll go with him. And I'm like, okay, you got to go to Reggaehead with me and then he'll eat there. And it's just like, he purposely, I don't think he even knew it, but he was like, I just want to show you, you know, my culture. And I'm like, okay, let me show you, you know, a black owned business. He loved it. But I think that's something that people are really, like you said, it's already in other cultures are in their minds, Nigerians, Mm -hmm. especially Chinese. um, And we got to do that too. But what I've been realizing, well, this is my personal opinion. I think black people, we are so inclusive, not saying that's a bad thing, but Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel like we don't know how much value we have, how much spending mm-hmm. we have. Yeah, you got it. How much um, spending, like money, we have to put into people <laughs> into our businesses. I think that we're like, oh, we just we need white people. We need we need, and I believe that we need other races too. But I don't think people understand the value that the black dollar have. Like we spend a lot of money mm-hmm. and of uh, money. we could depend on each other. Um, but for some reason we don't seem to see like we could literally just be spending with each other and be okay. Yeah. Like we have so much money, like trillions of dollars. But yeah. I think, I think with that, I think it's just hard to locate. Like it, he took you to Chinatown. Like yeah. right. he took, he literally drove to a community and was like, okay, let's go to this, like I said, ethnic enclave and let's, yeah. this is where all the businesses are. Mm-hmm. Where it's for you, it's like, okay, let's go to, where's a restaurant? And you see, so you have like really strategic. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of spaced yes, out. They're spaced yeah. out. And so because there is no black business community in Houston, like, you know, they're like little, like um, mm-hmm. little pockets of black communities because there is no one you have to really think in your mind. And it's like a, I think she takes for granted her knowledge, and we all we sitting here taking granted our knowledge of the black community, black businesses in Houston. Mm-hmm. But there are people who really do not know more That's than true. five black businesses in Houston. 
And I don't know, I, at first I used to be a little bit judgmental because I didn't know if it was just pure like laziness because you can get on Google and find it. You can type hashtag black owned Houston and find it, find all the black businesses. Mm -hmm. And so it's our job to make sure that once we go to a black restaurant, we're letting people know. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that's part of the reason why I have Houston black owned business. It's not a way, it doesn't promote me at all. Right. It promotes black businesses because I realize like, if you don't tell people, mm-hmm. they won't know, that's period. And a lot of these black businesses, the number one complaint is that they don't feel like the black community knows about them. And they don't have support from the black community, but are you visible? That's my that's my number one question. Do we know you exist? If you are not posting pictures of yourself online um, as a black business, if you if, we, if I don't see you know that you're a black person, if you're not you're like cueing yourself as a black business, I don't know you're black owned. So then why would I? If you want me to support you just off the back of you being black owned, how do I know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then once I do know, it's my job to spread the word and make sure that as many people know as possible. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, it's like it's also my job to let you know when you're not performing at a quality yes. that I think you should. It's my job to let you know, not blasting you on Facebook, right, right. but the same way I would do if because it's different. It's like if you had a problem with Target, you could you would may blast yeah. them on Facebook, mm-hmm. Facebook. You may feel like okay, I went to the Target here and they did whatever, mm-hmm. but. Target as like a major corporation, they can deal with that hit. They can right. deal with one person's hit on Facebook mm-hmm. that didn't true. like them. But if somebody owns a small business and you write this post and you have 2,000 followers who mm-hmm. see that you just drug this black business on Facebook, that's true. can their business take that hit? Mm-hmm. Could you have just sent them a message and been like, hey, I came into your store today. This is my experience and I want you to fix this. If you want to talk to me, here's my information and let's talk and I can help you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like, I don't know why there's like this backwards, I don't know, it's kind of like, it reminds me of my mother being like, what happens in this house stays in this house. Mm-hmm. What happens in this in the black community, it stays here. You don't need right. to go blast it on Facebook, right. keep it in the house. And so once we get into that mentality of not only finding the black businesses, sharing them, but then also if I'm going to reprimand you per se, I mm-hmm. do it behind closed doors. Right. Mm-hmm. To help you, not to hurt, help you, you. hurt you. Yeah. Yeah, Dang, that's deep. And I really never thought about that. I might be really privileged because I know, like, not before <laughs> college, I didn't really even think about black businesses or anything. And I have to realize that, you know, other people know stuff that I don't know. And other, I know stuff other people don't know. So it mm-hmm. is really, you know, my duty to make sure everybody knows this is why it's important to yeah. go to a black But you business. make a conscious effort, just like if you find out like a new vegan place, you're like, mm-hmm. hey, I found a new vegan yes. donut place. Mm-hmm. So I think with that same intention, you mm-hmm. have to do that with black owned businesses. Hey, I That's found true. a new, right. you know, black owned restaurant or a new right. black owned, you know, mm-hmm. boutique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's important. It's like just not to get, we talk about just doing it off of the fact that I have, that I care about the black community. It's mm-hmm. not, I don't need to gain anything from it. We talked about this, mm-hmm. you know, just doing it just for the sake of the help of the black community. And right. sometimes people want to gain something. I'm promoting your brand. Just, mm-hmm. just I just want you to know. Because of your heart, because <laughs> you're a good it. person. It's going to help us all in the long run. And it could right. be a simple, like, what is it called? Checking in on Facebook yeah. when you go to something, you check yes. in. That's so easy. Like, yes. and, and just hashtag black owned. Mm-hmm. And then you check in. That's yes. it. That's all you got to do. Yes. You don't have, I have wow. to do whole entire posts. You don't have to do whole entire posts mm-hmm. like me. <laughs> Just something simple. It, it can. I think it can really be um, a make or break for some of these black businesses. Mm-hmm. And true. the ones that I've um, 
highlighted. They seem really appreciative of it. And I feel mm -hmm. like I'm not even doing anything. Like, you tell me what you're about. I'll post it. I'll post a couple pictures. But they are really, truly appreciative about yeah, getting some spotlight. And it just shows you that maybe they're not getting as much attention as they should. Mm -hmm. And because you never know, you posting that the right person, that one right person could know and spread it out to their followers or just telling one person that other person tells that person like oh you gotta go to green seed mm -hmm. like you gotta go to the sunshine so it's like yep. keeps it's a trickle effect so mm -hmm. every little bit of promotion i think right. like business a lot of businesses or people sometimes brands don't understand that you know interviews are important like every little thing you might see that they have a little audience but that little audience might be that one person watching mm -hmm. and they you need that so yeah Celebrities do it with the what is it? Tummy tea. They be promoting all these brands. It's like we can promote <laughs> yes some brands too. Tummy if they could promote tummy tea, we and they don't promote. even take this. Though. <laughs> they don't even like they don't even take it, and they're promoting it. We can promote too. Yes. Right. Yeah, right. Because it's for the good of the black community. But to your question, I think we're doing good. The black community is doing good. That's good to know because sometimes it's just like I feel like as a woman, I think I was saying this on that last podcast. It's just like. We want to really protect our community. We want everything to be great. So we just try to be superhero and try to fix everything in the community. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not trying to fix everything. I mean, that's that's a lot. I just want to I just want to help Black businesses be success, be as successful as possible. Whatever the definition of success is, yeah, and do my part. And so whatever Love that, that means, do your part. Yes. I guess the last mm -hmm. thing would be we could all answer this one tip for to be successful in business. Okay. And go. <laughs> One tip to be successful in business? Mm -hmm. To be successful. Hmm. We ain't really reached the success level yet. <laughs> just networking. I, I would say networking and uh, using your connections and just meeting people, talking to people. And I, one thing that kind of stuck with me when I met, when we were out at an event, was one lady was like, if people don't know about you, that's on you. That's mm -hmm. your fault. And it's because mm -hmm. you're not promoted enough. So just really telling everybody you know, you know, anybody you come across about your business, who you are, what you do. So just, just putting yourself out there and networking. Right. Yeah, I'm still thinking. I would say, and Ashley brought it up. Actually, I think all three of you ladies brought it up during the podcast. With to just hold on and be hold on to that authentic that authenticity. Like constantly stay genuine. Know your passion. Know the why as to why you're doing your business, so that it don't become something that's that you're doing only for the money. You're doing only for the social status. You're doing out of not that genuine love, that service that you ultimately created your business from. So keeping that in the front of your mind, the front of your mission, the front. And and I think all everything else will come to place, whether you need to pay someone to do that or whether you're going to find the person that gives you the knowledge so that you can learn to do it. Mine would be to do the very best you can. A lot of times we even might cut corners, not cutting out pauses in the podcast, not posting a really good picture and not really thinking about your caption. All those things really go into play. Like you want to put your best foot forward so mm -hmm. your audience sees, your customer sees that you're being the best. Have an eye contact if they come into your restaurant. Like really putting your best foot forward yeah. every time. And then sometimes you can get relaxed and comfortable and just go through the motions, but really try to 
you know, put that excellence out there. Mm-hmm. That's one. And then number two, I was just say for like a spiritual level, you really got to ask God for guidance in every single step you take. Um, really try to follow that intuition and be guided by God. Because Lord, uh, sometimes you just don't be knowing what to do. And you're just like, can you just please tell me where to go? That's related to mine, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so mine, like I wasn't going to say it as eloquently as you did, but I was going to say just stay in your lane. I think that people have a really difficult time with like the get rich quick things. So, like mm-hmm. they see people, like along my journey, I've seen people be successful, and I'm like, hey, you know, like why him mm-hmm. or why her? And mm-hmm. oh, she did this. Let me go do this. And it's like, this is right. my lane, and it may not be smooth as other people's. Mm-hmm. It may not be. It may have a lot more potholes and a lot more hills, mm-hmm. but this is my lane. This is the one that God laid for me. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, if you stay in your lane. And you keep tunnel vision and you are not distracted by all what else what everybody else is doing and how much they they're making and how they're successful. If you focus on your lane mm. and you are on that in that lane and you know, being determined and staying motivated and keep going, you will get to the destiny, whatever success whatever God says success looks like for you, because our version of success I think is diff- very different than what God has for mm. us. And so it's like if I stay on my path. Even though I see people along the way that have the success that I think I want, if I stay on my path, I will get to my destiny, whatever that is. Hmm. Um, and that's something I had to learn. It's like along Maybe the way, watching everybody else. And I'm like, I'm 30 years old. And I'm like, what, do I, what am I doing in this PhD program? Like, mm-hmm. why am I still here? And it's like, all of a sudden, one day it was like, okay. Like, I, my will, like my desire has finally aligned with God's will for my life. Mm-hmm. And that's how I know, like, I'm minding my business. That's and I'm good. staying in my lane. And I'm on my path. And it was just like the click of like peace just kind of flooded through me. And I was like, actually, you're doing exactly what God wants you to do. Oh, that's beautiful. Deep. So let's let's get it. And so just stay on Ooh. it and mind your business. <laughs> yes. Mind your business. That's a whole new meme for my own business. Now I love right. that. Business meaning money. Yes. yes. Mind your business. And I mind my business and I make my money. Yes. And I'm good. There's this quote that I just read from an article today it says, stay in your lane. There's less traffic there. It is. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Because you trying to do what everybody else do. Running off the uh, path and everything. Yeah. Right. And you're slowing down. You're slowing down, you know, getting to your destination because you keep stopping and looking mm-hmm. at what everybody else is doing. Just keep going. Mind your business. Ooh, I love that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. <laughs> After that, we just got to go into, what time is it? It is. Af- it is. Affirmation time. It's affirmation time. It's affirmation time. It's affirmation. Hey. So, guys, this is the point where we come to the Soul Feeling Podcast, where we share with you our positive I am affirmations. So, if this is your first time tuning in with the Soul Feeling Podcast, you're probably like, what is a positive I am affirmation? A positive I am affirmation is any statement that you could be using to transform your life for the good or for the demise, guys. Anytime you hear someone out here saying, I am broke, I'm tired, I'm sick, I'm weak, I'm not feeling like my most <laughs> best self, they're ultimately transforming their lives for their demise. Even in the Bible, it says, let the weak Say, I am strong. So on the days when you're feeling like that, don't ever affirm that into your life. Still affirm that I'm feeling strong, I'm feeling popping, I'm snatched, I'm beautiful, I'm amazing, I'm bomb, I'm all of the above. So it's four of us here 
and trillions of you all out there. So we are going to end this show off with our positive I am affirmations. Who wants to go first? I got it. And I might have stole this from you, Ashley. (laughs) But mine is, I am staying in my divine lane all the way to my destiny. Yes, girl, you Loki. (laughs) Oh, what I need to say with my life. I'm going to steal something from you. I am doing my best work. I'm putting my best foot forward. Mm. Yes. I am living in my divine purpose. Mm. Mm -mm. Um, Okay. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Mm. I have everything I need in this very moment. Yes. So I am filled. Oh, so okay. So good. Yes. I am yeah. filled. I am full. I have everything I need in this moment. Yes. Beautiful. Ashley, Beautiful. tell me where to find you. Plug everything because this is authenticity right here. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Um, you can find me at H-O-U-B-L-K-B-U-S, which is Houston Black-Owned Businesses on Instagram or Facebook. I have a personal Instagram. I don't want people following me there. Nothing bad is happening, but I just feel like, you know, just the little separation between personal and work. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find my research. Hopefully it'll be coming out soon from academic journals. Like I said before, I am a PhD student at Texas A&M, third year, and I'm also an instructor at A&M. So if you Google me, you'll find me. Ooh, she's Googleable. I'm Googleable. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's another Google I am. Me, I am Googleable. Okay. I need to affirm that in my life. I need to be Googleable. And you can find Soul Filling Podcasts absolutely everywhere. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Play. And we are on YouTube. And you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Just type in Soul Filling Podcasts. And if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure you give us a five-star review and a nice little note and share share this share this with the entire universe love you guys bye